phase one is where we assess. Um, and to me, this is the cool, is not the coolest, but it's a cool part of it because this is where we start to individualize because we've gathered data. Um, that's huge because being in the fitness industry and being in the personal training and stuff like that, <laughs> it's, it's a very, uh, very popular thing nowadays, but it's very, um, colluded, I guess is a good word to use. Colluded is very big. I don't know. That kind of came out of my brain, but colluded. I, colluded? Am I looking for a different word? I think so. Because colluded would be like collusion. Collusion. Like we're working together in secret uh, to overthrow quite. the government. Saturated. Saturated. There we go. Right. So it's very saturated. Now, yeah. a lot of people are going for, here's a template, run it. This worked for me. It'll work for you. Got it. Uh, yeah, yeah. And so saturated is a really good term there. But Sat- that's the idea is a lot of people will buy into this idea of like, here's a template, run it. It worked for me. This is how I got my 22-inch biceps, which, I mean, it could for sure work. Yep. Um. But it, then again, it does not take into account the individual. And so this is where that phase one, in my opinion, is very, very important because it provides us the data and the understanding of where you're at and how we can start to work to get you wherever you want. <laughs> if that's 22-inch biceps, awesome. We, we now understand how we can go about that. Yeah. Um, but so let's dive in a little bit to phase one, um, just giving a little bit more structure to how that looks is it just the assessment is that what phase one is just defined as is day one phase one assessment yeah a couple of things with that going back to the templated kind of here's what i do it'll work for you hardly ever works for anyone because it doesn't take the individual into account Mm -hmm. um it's easy and scalable from the coach or the trainer or the business side, right? Because I don't have to do any work. I can just say, you do what I did, here's what I did, follow that and you're gonna be fine. It leaves most of the people behind because who knows, right? Maybe you can be pressing overhead, maybe not. Because maybe you've got, maybe you're limited in some, like something called shoulder flexion, yeah. right? Which is your ability to lift your arm up over your head. If you're limited here, right? So let's say, for example, you have some limitation that gets oh, you stuck like this. Yeah. So stuck like this would be, uh, we'll call it 45 degrees. Mm-hmm. So this would be 90. This is 180, right? Am I right? No. Somewhere mm-hmm. in there. To describe this is zero. Those, yeah, to, so this would be yeah. zero. This would be 90. This would be 45. So yeah. I'm somewhere right in the middle. Mm-hmm. I can't quite reach all the way up overhead. If I'm going to be, hey, here's my templated program, everyone should be pressing overhead because, you know, what are you going to do if you got to put something up on a high shelf or put something in an overhead compartment? Whatever. (laughs) Everyone should be pressing overhead, and I don't take that into account for you. You are likely going to create a compensation somewhere in your body to accomplish the task. And what that looks like is breaking at the midline, pushing your chest out, arching your back, so that you can press that thing overhead like you think it should be pressed overhead. Ouch. That's all I got for that one. Ouch. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> if, if it's not ouch immediately, it's ouch at Over some time, point in time. Yeah. Right? Which, and that's how it goes for most people. It's very unlikely that the thing that causes the tear, the um the 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 dislocation yeah the pop the the pop the the pain is the thing that was the straw that broke the camel's back 
most definitely. It was the thing that puts you over the edge, mm-hmm. but it doesn't take into account all of the things that happened beforehand. All of the hundreds of reps or thousands of reps that you did before that, where you tried to put yourself into a position that you couldn't get into. Mm-hmm. And now, boom, it manifests itself when you reach up to put something on a high shelf at home. And you're like, oh, gosh. Or Ouch, worse, yeah. when you're in the gym, right? You go to press overhead, and that last rep finally blows your shoulder out. It's gone. And you're like, oh, my shoulder hurts when I press overhead. I shouldn't be pressing overhead. I should stop pressing overhead. And that's usually what the immediate solution is. I'll just stop it forever. I, yeah. don't ever, I should never do it again. Yeah. Well, then what if you do have to put something overhead? <laughs> yeah. It's like running, right? Like, hey, my, my knee bothers me when I run. Well, just stop running then. Okay. What's the zombie apocalypse? Exactly. What if you're being chased? <laughs> yeah. Like, what if you need the ability to do that? What mm-hmm. if you're... I have a, a memory of when I was uh, very young. We lived out in a farmhouse, mm-hmm. and my little brother, uh, he had to be two or three at the time, just started like getting the ability to walk. We're sitting out on the front porch. I So I'm five years older, so I'm probably like seven, seven okay, somewhere in there, yeah. seven or eight. And I remember I was looking towards the house, not paying a ton of attention, and my mom takes off on a dead sprint towards the road because my little brother had gotten away and he was running towards the road. Uh, She needed the ability to run in that moment. For sure. If she did not have that ability, who knows what the outcome would have been. So for her, the, hey, just stop running is a really shitty way for her to be able to live her life. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you need the ability to be able to do these things. How do we find out if it's a good idea and how do we create improvement? so that you can get there, so that you can get back to living your active lifestyle, doing the things you want, saving kids from running into the road. For sure, for sure. Running from zombies, whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. You assess. Mm -hmm. You figure out why are you getting pain right now anyway. Maybe you have a limitation in something called your rectus femoris, which is a muscle that crosses the hip, goes down over through the quad, the front of your leg, and becomes the patellar tendon. Maybe you have stiffness there that's been created because you sit eight hours a day Mm -hmm. and then go home and sit another eight hours and then go to bed. And you've been doing that for 20 years. Maybe that is one of the reasons that you get knee pain. Maybe you have one leg that's stronger than the other. If you have one leg that's stronger than the other and you're walking, like people who want to start being active again, they'll pick up something like walking. Mm. Cool. We've discussed this before. Walking's an activity and not an exercise. But, man, you know, when I get my 10,000 steps, my knee really bugs me that day. Yeah. Okay. Why? Maybe you have something wrong with your gait, for example, right? So in your gait cycle, maybe over the course of all of your repetitions throughout the day, you're doing 5% more. You're spending 5% more time on one leg than the other. Why are you doing that? How has that created a compensation over time? That leg has gotten stronger over time. So now... That leg is over irritated due to overuse compared to the other leg. Mm -hmm. How do we find that out? We assess. We go through something like a box step up test, a single leg box step up test to identify, do you have that going on? Is that one of the reasons? We work up our hierarchy. We have flexibility, mobility, strength, work to rest and skill. If you get irritated 
by something. And that's an interesting conversation, right? The difference between pain and irritation. Mm, yeah. That would be a good one for another podcast. Yeah, that's something we can dive into for sure. So if you get that irritation that you interpret as pain, let's find out why. That's our assessment phase. Now, if you don't have anything going on, like you don't have any issues, pre-existing uh, pain or injuries, limitations, any of those things, awesome. We can identify what's the best way for you to be moving in order to accomplish the goals that you have. Now, to go back to the client who, who wants the 22-inch bicep, <laughs> yeah. in the consultation process, I'm advising that client to go work out at Great Lakes. Yeah, for sure. Anytime. Yeah. Because we're, it's not our, I mean, it's not what we're good at. Mm -hmm. Why would it would be irresponsible for me to sell you a membership and to take your money if that's your goal and you have nothing else that's preventing you from accomplishing that goal? Because I'm not the best person to help you do that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when we look at that, um, that's a really good point. Interesting point. Um, so when you think about goals, what is that ideal client or what is that right client? And this is just going to be a general overview yeah. of some people. I would imagine the person that we are best suited to help is the person who feels like they've been left behind by the fitness industry at large. Mm -hmm. They're the person who's fallen through the cracks the person who is who is being failed and they're in the gap between healthcare and fitness. So healthcare, going to the doctor, yeah. being on medication, like that's most often how they attempt to solve the problems. Surgery, medication, whatever that thing looks like. Fitness on the other side of that says everybody should be eating well, exercising getting after it all you need is discipline that's it all you got to do is be disciplined <laughs> if you've never worked out a day in your life and me as the pompous asshole in the fitness side of it says look you just got to be more disciplined yeah. just stop eating that shit get up walk around <laughs> i'm like okay cool middle finger <laughs> We're out. You don't understand. You're yeah. not the guy to help. You're obviously not the guy to provide support and accountability to me. That's fitness, right? That's the going back to that other conversation about that you guys like you and I would work out regardless. Mm, right. That's the expectation of fitness. Mm. Healthcare says, here's your problem. We're going to solve it with, or here's the best way for us to solve it. Surgery, medication, some sort of intervention or therapy, right? That, is it valuable? Yes, mm -hmm. some of the time. Yeah. Is it your best option? I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? You know, it's not, it's not clear to me that the best solution for somebody with metabolic dysfunction, so somebody with type two diabetes, is for them to pump insulin into their body all the time, and uh, just continue to eat all of the things that they want to eat and live the life that they want to live. Like live, yes, live the life that you want to live, but live a sedentary lifestyle. Mm. It's not clear to me that the solution to that is more insulin. No, yeah, for sure. Even look at the cost of that over a lifetime. I've heard some prices with insulin and I'm, <laughs> oh man. So it's like, yeah, that's another piece to take in consideration, but yeah. for sure. So. Healthcare's solution to 
the problems that most people have is, and it's not always, there are some really great doctors out there, right? But let's, we're, we're talking about the aggregate, the whole is have surgery for the thing, or here's a pill to fix your problem or stop doing it or stop doing it. Right. Stop doing it. And here's surgery and here's a pill. Yeah. (laughs) The trifecta. Yeah. Right. Um, and then the other side of that is fitness says, just be more disciplined, eat vegetables, boil your rice and work out. <laughs> cool. So everyone in the middle of that is left to figure it out yeah, on their own. Left behind. Yeah. Sitting like, yeah. Dry out. If you've ever gone to the doctor and you're like, boy, I don't want surgery. I don't want another pill. Um, and I don't want to stop doing the things that I want to do. That's the person that okay. I would like to work with. Yeah. Now, there are some things that you need surgery for. Yeah, there time, there's time and place for it. Absolutely. I'm not going to come <laughs> in here and you're like, I've torn my rotator cuff <laughs> and I can't lift my arm up above my head. I'm yeah. like, well, let's go ahead and do some banded external rotations and we're going to do a banded shoulder distraction. Like, that's not going to solve your problem. Yeah. <laughs> now, the person who's like, well, oh, I'm just, I'm trying, right? I'm trying to be more disciplined. I'm trying to eat better. I need some support and I need some accountability. And I've tried all of these things and I haven't had long-term success. That's the person that I would like to work with. Okay. As long as they're open and willing to, you know, to, they're open and receptive to coaching and they're open and receptive to feedback. Yeah. Because that's a piece of the process, right? They need support. They need accountability. How do we create confidence and competence? Through training and coaching. Those people who feel like there's not a place for me at the gym. I got a gym membership. I've had it for four years. I've only shown up three times, but I'm still paying for it because who knows? I might one day go, go one yeah. Day. <laughs> no one's ever shown me what to do. Or the person who's like, you know, I don't want another pill. I don't want the surgery. I don't want to just stop doing the things that I want to do. That's the person that I would like to work with. Okay. Perfect. So uh, that's, and I think that's valuable to know as well because uh, I do agree w- with that uh, because there is a point in fitness where there are people who are just, they're left to dry out. They're, they, they've tried things and things didn't work, but they, no one's, there's not very many people there willing to help them because they are, they're just like, sitting there i think that's most of the people who get involved everybody starts for like generally some of the same reasons right right the confidence the i want to feel better i want to look better i want to feel better about how i look most of the people are failed because of all of the things that we've talked about before Mm -hmm. you're in a traditional gym environment for the most part you're left to figure it out on your own and what most of those people do is they show up to the gym they uh they're told when they sign up we'll be here to help you After the day that they sign up, they come in. There's a high schooler sitting behind the desk who has absolutely no idea (laughs) how to do anything except here's a machine, here's a machine, here's a machine. Look at the little card right here, and it's going to show you what to do. (laughs) So that person shows up on their day one. They get on a treadmill. They feel feel like an alien, like they've just walked into a foreign, like a different planet. Yeah, like they're outcast. They're going to walk on the treadmill for a couple minutes. They're going to get up. They're going to look at some machines. They might even try a couple of them out because they look interesting to them. Mm -hmm. They're going to look over at the freeway area where the guys who have been lifting since high school and know what they're doing are still lifting over there and know what they're doing. And they're like, well, that's super intimidating. I'm definitely not going over there because I don't want to look like an idiot. 
They're going to hop on the elliptical. They're going to pedal that thing around, get off, get a drink of water, leave. Maybe they broke a sweat. Maybe they didn't. They really didn't enjoy themselves. They've spent 90 minutes feeling like they didn't accomplish anything. They'll do that for a week or two. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, well, you know, I had this thing come up. And they'll stop going. Mm-hmm. And then once every no, three to six months, they'll try to start back up. But there's no layers of accountability. If they don't have a, they'll, they'll find a buddy, right? They'll find oh, a friend. Oh, yeah, you get the friend. You get the friend. You get the friend who's like, all right, I'm going to start doing this with you. We'll do it <laughs> together. As soon as that friend cancels the first time, you're not going to go. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And then their life gets in the way. Your schedules no longer line up. And now neither one of you are going because there's no layers of accountability. Mm-hmm. So if you're only going for your friends, it'll last for a little while. Yeah. That is that's what happens to most people in that environment, right? They end up with that gym membership that they never use, but they're keeping it just in case. And it's oh, not yeah. expensive enough, right? It's $40 oh, yeah. Yeah. a month, $35 a month, yeah. 20 bucks. <laughs> I mean, different areas, you can get like 10 bucks a month. Oh, yeah. And they'll give you fucking donuts and pizza. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> Good times. That's solving some problems for people. Right. You're not creating terrible relationships with exercise and health and fitness by doing that. Yeah. That's a reward system. Oh. Yeah. You hopped on the elliptical for 10 minutes. Get Here, a pizza. Have have a piece of pizza. Have a donut. Take in more calories than you just burned. Yeah. This is a, it's a great model. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Different podcast. Yeah, that's time. another time. <laughs> but those people are largely failed right. by fitness because they're, they're, they're sent out into the wild and they're said that you're going to have support. There'll be someone here to help you, and no one is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. So just to encase everything, because we talked a lot about uh, phase one here, mm-hmm. and we got on some topics about who you're looking to target yep. or help. Um, but just in case the overall overview, we're talking about phase one. Yep. Assess. Yep. And the general idea there is to gather data. Yep. That's the big piece. Um, as well as using that data to create the best plan for you moving forward. Yeah. Is that uh, a fair yep. casing of all and that? And that could be a single day. Mm-hmm. It could be over the course of a week. We're going to take data points as we go through the entire thing. Right. Right. And those people who have been failed by the the traditional gym industry, we want to know. That's a piece of the data. That's a piece of the assessment phase. What things have you done in the past? Yeah. What things did you enjoy? What things did you not enjoy? Because all of those things are going to help us create the plan next that allows us to make sure that this is sustainable. It's helping you reach your goals. Mm -hmm. It's doing the things that you want to do for the reasons that you want to do them. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in helping people get better at the gym. The gym should be a vehicle for you to live the life that you want outside, outside of these walls. Yeah. To do that, we have to know where you're at. We have to know what limitations you have. We have to know what things you should and should not be doing so that we can create an intelligent path forward. Absolutely. So that's phase one. Is there any last comments you want to talk about phase one, throw in there before we move on to our next two phases? Nope. 